Gentlemen, start your ringtone. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Drive-In Studios. And for once, Ronnie, it's a beautiful day. It is a little nippy, but I can take that. It's, it's not a beautiful bad. sky out there. It, it is. It's a good day to do what you got to do. And I don't. we're going to get an update here in a few minutes on what tracks are operating and everything. Greg, how are you doing this morning? Doing pretty good. Like I say, good weather. Good See weather. See the sunshine. Amazing what the sunshine does. What you, who you got for us today? Uh, we got a man that had done a lot of good things. I wanted to ever do the double daily double at uh, Indian Daytona. I mean, the Indian Charlotte, Mr. Donnie Allison. Donnie Allison will be our guest about ten fifteen. We've got everything bumped up this morning because of uh, Presbyterian College baseball. Ryan Clary standing by to do a doubleheader with Radford starting at eleven o'clock. So uh, we're going to zip through stuff this morning. We will be off the air by ten fifty three or four, someplace in that neighborhood, and. Uh, Got a lot of ground to cover before then. What we usually cram into two hours, we're going to, we leisurely put into two hours. We're going to cram into about 54 minutes. So I uh, also want to say good morning to Mike Hill, uh, Alan Hill. I knew I was going to do that eventually. Mike's his brother, and Mike is standing by down at Sebring to start the 12 hours of Sebring, which uh, they're already underway. Well, there you go. How's he doing? I bet he's doing well. Well, that's... Uh, Actually, I think it starts at 10.30, doesn't it? 10.40. Oh, I thought you said 9.30. That's my, my mistake. 10.40 to 10.40 to 9. And uh, actually, there's so much racing on television this weekend. I'm going to attempt, hopefully a little bit later on, to uh, to um, be more specific about it. But if you turn on your TV somewhere around ESPN, because they've got the they've got Formula One at 1 o'clock Sunday morning from Australia. But... Uh, You've got Xfinity, and you've got Winston, uh, Winston, here I go, and uh, Monster Energy Cup, and you've got uh, WeatherTech, 12 hours of Sebring, and it's it's just all day long. You could uh, start watching racing about right now and not be done till you know, you get a break when the Grand Prix race is over, I guess, about 3 o'clock in the morning. So, uh, But, Alan, beautiful day, and... Uh, I know it's got a chance for a lot of the local tracks maybe to get underway uh, with all all the button and stuttering and starts that we've had so far with the weather. So uh, who is going to be running today? Well, there'll be no racing at Gaffney tonight. They they kind of uh, saying that they're not going to race as long as some of these other racetracks are racing because they couldn't get their March Madness in. But Traveler's Rest will be racing tonight. Uh should be a good show there at Traveler's Rest. They usually run on Friday night, but tonight they're going to run on Saturday night since Gaffney and Harris is not. So if you need to get in some racing, you can head to Traveler's Rest tonight. Plenty of time to get your fix. Yep. Uh, as far as uh, our little, you know racing news we got here, we got Scott Bloomquist got in a motorcycle wreck. 
That's terrible. Yes, it is. Scott Blumquist is one of our top super late mile drivers on the circuit now. He will probably miss his first Lucas Oil late model race that's supposed to be at Atomic Speedway tonight in Ohio. So for him to miss his first late model race, that's something, you know, to say. Which he is 55 years old, and I don't know, you know, getting over a motorcycle wreck. Is going to probably take a little time for him. Now, did you say that this was at a, one of the bike weeks or something? Uh, that's from what I can gather. A friend of mine was at bike weeks, and he texted me and said that they had uh, said something about a bad motorcycle wreck down there, and it was Scott Bloomquist. And this is in Daytona? Yes. Yeah, I, my, my neighbor just moved out yes, uh, day before yesterday, and he was headed to Daytona for his first stop to catch the end of bike week. Yeah. Well, I mean... You know, more power to them. A lot of people ride motorcycles and things. I mean, millions of people ride them. And, of course, in this state, you don't even need a helmet. But, I mean, it seems like every year when they had it in Myrtle Beach and they have it in Daytona or wherever, I mean, people lose their lives at these things. It's just, oh, yeah. It gets crazy out there, you know, with the booze and the booze and the broads and the Harley Davidsons is a bad combination. Yep. Uh, also, in some of our local news around here, our, our promoters over here at Cherokee Speedway, Scott Childers and Jeff Robertson, I heard, have bought Livonia Speedway in Georgia. That's just right across the line. They will be letting Scott Morgan run the show down there on a Friday nights. Now, Scott Morgan, that name sounds real familiar. His daddy was uh, Bill Morgan, a famous you know, dirt track race truck okay. driver for a long time. So he's been around it all of his life. He's been around it all his life. You're right. So he should be a, you know, a pretty good guy to operate that show down there. Because, like I said, Scott, he's he's going to have his hands full. I ain't going to say running two tracks, but it is on two different nights. You know, Friday night at Livonia, Saturday night at Gaffney. And he does have a lot of good help. Well, that's uh, that's a lot of news. What You got anything else? Uh that's about it. I'd like to say a good shout out to a couple of good friends of mine, uh, Scott and Donnie at Spartan Crankshaft. He walked up to me at the restaurant this week, shook my hand, said, we're doing a good job on the radio station. So I'd like to throw a shout out to them at Spartan Crankshaft. They do a good job for all us boys. They magnaflux cranks and stuff and keep us, keep our bottom ends going. Well, we appreciate to find out that we've got some listeners. Well, and uh, actually, uh, I told Alan what he accepted this gig that I don't know what he does over there at Cherokee Speedway but we'd make him famous getting him on the radio <laughs> this morning. I want to kind of say a couple of things. First I want to give our normal shout out to Lanny McKinney who does our website and our podcast and uh, always does a great job and appreciate everything you do and on a, a sad note um, a lot of these uh, festivals and old timer things that we go to um uh, that they're getting fewer and fewer in between. One of the mainstays of these has always been Francis Flock, who was Tim Flock's wife. And I don't know how many times I helped Miss Flock carry her stuff from the car to the tent with all the Tim Flock memorabilia and everything. And she was just a, a very grand lady, and everybody loved Miss Flock. And we lost her on the 13th to cancer. And uh, she was uh, She's going to be sorely missed. And, Greg, I guess you've known her for decades. I, I have, and just a wonderful woman. Uh, uh, remembering back on the old days, 
better than anybody. She endorsed all those different places we went to. That I don't. When when Perry got me going to some of those historic reunions, uh, Miss Flock was at every one of them. And you know she's a big supporter of the sport. And her, you know, like I say, her husband Tim Flock, uh, he had a real good heavy foot. He wasn't no slouch. So they were they were born into racing, and uh, she kept it going on. And I I, I just learned about it. Uh, to Perry told me, I'm, I'm very saddened by that. Well, it, of course, you had the the Flock brothers, Tim, Bob, and Fonte, and um, and she was married to Tim. Of course, it was Ethel, the daughter, the or their Tim, Bob, and Fonte's sister, who was, she was named after gasoline. So that's a racing <laughs> thing. That's the truth. Ethel. <laughs> yeah, and she was a skydiver back in the 40s and 50s. So uh, anyway, we lost Miss Flock this week on uh, Wednesday. No, or the 13th. I think that was Wednesday. Uh, there's a a visitation in Charlotte at the McEwen Pineville Chapel uh, from 5 till 9 on the 18th, which is Monday. And she will be buried at the Higher Ground Church on Possum Hollow Road in Indian Land, South Carolina, on Tuesday, March 19th at 10 in the morning. So for all of us that knew Miss Flock, we're going to miss her. And uh, she's just a, a wonderful lady. We're going to take our first break here. We're going to express schedule this morning to get to Donnie Allison as soon as possible. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start your engines. Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't flat I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I ain't Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. It's our favorite time of the year, football season, and sports talk has South Carolina covered from the coast to the mountains. This is Phil Kornbluth. Join Will Pelagic, Tom Hayes, and me weeknights from 6 to 8. You'll hear from Dabo, Muschamp, players, and coaches as we break it all down for you as we have over the last three decades. That's sports talk weeknights at 6 here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina is the perfect place to deep compress at watery lake rv enjoy full hookups a bathhouse bar and grill and a boat ramp marina with ethanol free gas hookups available on nightly weekly or monthly watery lake rv park and marina in liberty hill where families get away mention fox sports 1400 and get five percent off your stay up to three days call 803-273-3013 are you sick of all the cookie cutter boring barbershops if so you need to visit the ironsburg barber company in hillcrest shopping center at the ironsburg barber company professionalism and customer service is their top priority owner aj west 
makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your haircut like you like it and in a fun man cave-like environment, then give AJ a call at 864-466-5289. The Irons Per Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. Like staying up a little later than anybody else in the house? Well, no worries. We're up late with you. Up late with KB weeknights at 11, only on Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Good morning and welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And we're trying to get a hold of Donnie Allison. He is a a function for a, a Hall of Fame down in Florida. Um, he's in uh, several of them, just like your father was, Greg. Which, which one is this that he's in? This is uh, the American Motorsport Hall of Fame. It, in, in, it in, encases uh, open wheel, Formula One, everything. Uh, it, it's really a, a, a neat deal. It was still in Detroit when they put Bud in in uh, 2.11. Donnie had actually been put in but was put in it pretty early because it's deal with NASCAR and, and running Indy cars. And uh, it's kind of amazing when, when Bud went in, uh, we had like Alex Zanardi and people like that. It was just, it was this really prestigious deal. Well, we trying again to get him right now as we speak. Uh, I can touch real quickly. Well, let's go straight to this. No, we'll, we'll do that about the qualifying. Qualifying was such a bummer yesterday at, at California that they booed NASCAR because they do this screwing around where they take the 12 fastest cars and they go out and follow each other around supposedly and get high speeds because of the draft and uh, nobody would uh, leave the pit road so nothing happened and everybody booed them but I think we've got Donnie Allison on the line now and uh, good morning Donnie good morning Donnie how are you doing I'm doing fine thank you it's great to have you on start your engines and uh um so so tickled that Greg talked you into coming on the show again. Well, that you know, I, I'm totally been uh, scheduling, trying to get work where I can get on there. But I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, like I say, Don, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, and you're down there with the what's that? Th- it's called American Hall of Fame. I know uh, Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. Was this past weekend? I'm at home now. I just got home last night. Um, getting ready to take off again. I, I seem like the older I get, the more I do, or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a super neat deal. I know. I think you had something to do. Put in a good word for Daddy when we went into eleven because she's already in it. But um, Donnie, what do you think about some of this stuff we got going on now? I mean, we, we had a, a bad deal in qualifying. Uh, Last week and uh, yesterday, yesterday, and you know you can't really blame any of this type of stuff on the fact that the cars have changed. But uh, you got any ideas? Well, I, I really think you can, Greg. Uh, you know they all wait to the last possible second because they want to get the fastest time, and as a result, everybody jams the place up and. Uh, you know, they made a comment the week before last about if somebody cranks the engine up, everybody cranks them up. You know, so, uh, I, I don't like the situation they're in with qualifying now. Uh, 
NASCAR is trying to do something to make it more interesting, I think, for the fans, and I'm not too sure that, that it's the best way to go, but, you know, I'm only uh, one of a few um, or voiced an opinion on it before, and then NASCAR does listen to what some of us older guys say, and sometimes they don't listen, but, uh, you know, it's what it is, and, you know, I was always under the impression race, and I made the best of what I was given the opportunity to do with. And your dad was the same way. Uh, you know, we griped and complained about things that didn't go our way, but that's the natural uh, beast of racing. Uh, you know, the competitive spirit you got, you're naturally going to gripe if something doesn't go your way. But you know, the thing that, that really, really bothers me the most right now is the way not only in racing, but in everything. The news media is forming opinion before they even really know what the hell they're talking about. And, you know, that, that's what runs the whole world now. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. Well, Donnie, did you see the debacle that happened yesterday at, at qualifying? No, I did not. I did not see it yesterday. Well, it was just a matter of cars not moving i mean it was it was like looking at a parking lot with the engines running and, and yeah, everybody waited till the last second to try to get out on the the course out on the track and then nobody had enough time to finish a lap so they did not qualify nobody did and they and the fans booed and uh from what i read on the internet this morning uh, there will be changes for texas that not much they're going to do for Martinsville because I think they just get out there and pretty much caught. There's no drafting or anything at Martinsville to speak of, and uh, right. so it's uh, you know it's going to be a, a different situation. Donnie, uh, we're so history oriented on this show, and um, and that's why we love having you on. You did the fantastic 1971 uh, sixth place at Indianapolis on uh, for the Indianapolis 500 on a Saturday, May 29th, and then turned right around and. Almost won the World 600 on Sunday, finishing second to Cale Yarborough. That, um, and I think we've talked about this before, but I'm just fascinated by it. And that, that had to be a heck of a two days. Well, it really was, you know. And the, the week, the year before, was even more hectic than that because uh, uh, I won rookie here in '70 and and came back to Charlotte and flew back to Indy for the. Uh, uh, Ricky Banquet and, you know, the awards they gave away, and then back to Charlotte and then won the World 600 that weekend. And, uh, you know, it, it was a hectic uh, uh, couple of years, but, I mean, that's what we did. And, and, you know, I never thought about it being a burden at the time, and uh, to me it really wasn't. You know, I, I flew a lot a lot of air miles that, that month, or both years, because of... of uh, cup practice and cup qualifying at other races and Indy practice and Indy qualifying. Indy at that time in 71 and, and, and back in 70 was a full month. You know, they don't right. do that now. It's not a full month anymore, but uh, uh, it was a full month of, uh, of race activity. Well, you know, in both years you you were up there, um, Al Unser won the race driving Parnell and Vel Melitich's car, but you... Uh, you had a, a pretty famous car owner yourself both years with uh, driving on the team with A.J. Foyt. But the second year, I didn't realize it. I mean, and I've, I've read it several times reading his biography. But um, you, you wrote, you drove for, uh, well, you had Smokey Unique as your chief mechanic, did you not, in 1971? Yeah, in 71, Smokey was actually my crew chief or chief mechanic, whatever you want to call it. And 
you know, Smokey and I were very, very, very close friends. We became good, better friends, really, in, in the mid-70s. Uh, uh, but we were, we were always good friends. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of respect for him. And, and in turn, he had respect for me. And, uh, you know, at the time, I I didn't toot my own horn or blow my own horn or anything. But, see, in 1971, uh, circumstances got us in, in tech before the race. But Carburation Day, there was only one car that ran a faster lap than I ran, and that was Al Unser. Uh And it was only one lap. All the rest of the time, I was faster than him. I, I really had a good shot at winning a race after, you know, bad situation, qualifying and all that stuff. But anyway... Uh, race morning when we went to Tech, uh, uh, they had become the new gauge to measure the wing height, uh, which we didn't have before that. And AJ's wing was about a half inch too high, and mine was really about nine sixteenths too high, uh, which I put the last sixteenth the last time I went out because my car was so much better. Uh, I honestly, honestly feel like that if they had done that to me race morning, I had a good shot at winning that race. Uh, uh, my car was very, very, very competitive. And uh, after the change on race morning going to to uh, pit road, I drove my car really loose all day. And you know, they say you can't do it, but I did do it. Now, sounds like Indianapolis at that point in time might have had a, a, the, the worst or anyway. Not been a, a Joe Gasway, somebody in there had to doing something. I know Bobby mentioned that here several weeks ago. But yeah, when yeah, you start, well, you know the the thing about it is when I ran Indy, not that they don't drive the car now, but we drove it. We 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 lost gas over the corner. maybe a little break, and I mean it was more driving to it than it is now. Now they hold them wide open and hope that they turn when they get there. <laughs> and you know, it's no different than our cup cars. It, uh, you know, we used to talk about this back in this late 60s, early 70s. We could run wide open in Daytona or Talladega. Talladega, you could do it longer, Daytona three or four laps, and then you had to back off a little bit. Well, I believe and it. that's why the racing was so good. Now, they, uh, 35 cars have got it wide open in a wad, and if somebody screws it up, it wrecks the whole field. I believe at Indianapolis, I'd rather be loose than tight. At Indianapolis, I'd rather not be either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I heard Buddy Baker say one time: if when you're loose, you you don't see the wall when you hit it. So, uh, anyway, uh, you well, know, I, that's all right. It still hurts. <laughs> I know it does. And uh, I was watching a show last night on YouTube, just screwing around like I do every night, just about looking at old racing uh, footage. And you were pretty prominently. Um, mentioned with some with some interviews and some FaceTime and I was watching a show about the Arrow Wars in NASCAR and the end of sixty nine and seventy with the with the difference between the winged Dodges and Plymouths and the Ford um Torinos and Talladegas and uh of course you were on the Ford side of it and winning races for Banjo Matthews and and your brother was on the other side with the wing Dodge for Mario Rossi but that I know you said one time uh, on one of the interviews that you walked in the garage area, and there was some guy from Dodge uh, or Chrysler uh, measuring your back window. Larry Rathcap, he was the head engineer at Dodge. He was measuring. That was at Daytona Beach, and he was measuring the back window on my uh, Ford Talladega. And I ran, and got back, and banjo right quick, and said, "Somebody's measuring your car." He said, "What?" He said, "Go stop him." I said, "No, it's your car. You go stop him." <laughs> <laughs> You know, people don't realize, and it's, it's never been stated, you know, they, 
A lot of stuff's been coming up in the last few years because of the Hall of Fame. You know, people talk every day, well, you ought to be in, I'll be in the Hall of Fame if they want me in there. If they don't, that's fine, too. But in 1969, the first race that the Ford Talladega and the Murphy Cyclone was supposed to run the Wing Dodge and Plymouth was a Talladega. And we did not run there. Right. Now, they ran the race, and Brickhouse run, won the race in a wing dodge. Well, Jim Vandiver always told me he won it, but go ahead. All right. The first race was in October at Charlotte Motor Speedway that the wing cars and the Ford Talladega and the Murray Cyclone run together. That was the first race. And I passed my brother on the outside, and three and four, I won the race. So I was 4 zero for about two weeks. <laughs> right. Now, Donnie, I tell you, Donnie, you could you could adjust the cars uh, from one to the other, and the biggest thing that, that always impressed me, uh, well, was the '79 thing. We know you had the car to win. We know what happened on that deal. But uh, when you was driving that experimental thing for Bud, uh, the, the, the orange car, actually. Uh, that was completely developmental, but you actually got that car running pretty good. I remember at Darlington. Anyway, you tell that story. You and Banjo done something to well, it. My, my bud went the, and ate lunch or something, and, and, and it was really good. Well, see, Bud asked me to drive that there experimental car. It had a little motor in it. It was the first time the little Ford engine was, was brought about. And if we'd have got some help from Ford, they don't tell what we would have done. Because... Your father was excellent. Your brothers were excellent building engines. And, and you know, I, I could drive one, and I could tell what I needed to drive it. And we went to Darlington, and I was having a hell of a time driving it. And uh, I kept telling your dad we needed to change something. He said, no. He said, we're not going to change this. We're not going to change it. We're just fine. Well, lunch break came, and I went and called Banjo on the phone. And I said, Banjo, what the heck do I need to do? And he told me what to go set the front end at, and it would be better. So I went down and talked to your dad, and he let me do that. The front end, we went out. We really ran good. If you remember, in practice, that first practice after lunch that day, we were we were the fastest car there. And it was so funny because your dad and Banjo were excellent, excellent friends. But your, your dad said to me, don't tell Banjo what we did. And I kind of laughed at myself. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, don't leave that banjo know all that. Told me what to do. <laughs> but anyway, that that I often said, if I'd have drove a race car for your dad any given period of time, man, I'm telling what we'd have won. And and I'll back you up on something here, Greg. You'll remember when your dad ran the, the little Mercury and Tiny Lund drove it, and I ran the little Mustang and. We, I ran that car 12 times against your father's Mercury. Yeah, you had a good ride, and it was one, one Prouts. I won five times. I run second five times, and I fell out of two. That was a pretty good record. And I told everybody, if I run the whole year, your daddy in Thailand wouldn't have won the championship. <laughs> That's right. You said that was Warren Prouts' car? Yeah. Rubber Ross Huggins, I, I think. Was, Believe it or not, last week I was in Winston-Salem doing autographs, uh, the, the old-timer thing up there, and this lady walked up and looked at me and said, you don't know who I am, do you? And I said, ma'am, your face is familiar, but I can't put a name on it. She says, I'm Warren Prout's widow. 
I'll be and I hadn't seen her probably in 25 years. And, of course, for those of you that don't know, Warren Prout spent years with Bud Moore. So, Yep, and Warren Prout was a smart son of a gun. And I mean, there's a lot of people that came to your dad's operation that had the opportunity to learn from the right people. And, I mean, that's what racing was all about back in our day. You you, you tried to find somebody that was, was smarter and, and learn from them. And I'm not too sure they do that anymore. Uh, like I say, I think, Donnie, I think a lot of these rules they come up with is, you know, people like you and and Bobby and Petty and Pearson and, and all the, the superstars of, of uh, days not really gone by totally, we don't think. It seems like yesterday does, but y'all had to win your money out there on the racetrack. And they kind of make millionaires out of these kids. And they ain't got a whole lot of incentive to run. And I think NASCAR's intensive with some of these crazy-ass rules is, is to try to get them to do that, but I, I will well, want to mention one thing. I'm trying to create some more interest, uh, Greg, for sure, and you know, people don't realize this. I drove a cup car from uh, actually my first race was in 66 up through uh, 88, and I never got paid a salary. I drove for a percentage every time I drove one of those cars. And yeah. Uh, not to say that's right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, you know, I was too naive to uh, go to the owner and say, you're going to pay me uh, a salary to drive your car. You know, and uh, I didn't make as much money as a lot of these guys made, but I, I made a living. I, I raised a family, and uh, I have no regrets of that. The thing that I have the biggest bitch with, if you want to classify it as that, is the fact that the thing that runs everything right now is not NASCAR, not the owners, not the drivers, not the mechanics, to television. I knew it. Television dictates to NASCAR what needs to be done, and NASCAR tries to implement that in the rules. That's the reason why we, we went to, to new heights on restricting motors more and everything like that. They don't want five or six cars raising for a real race. They want a 35 cars in a wad so the people sit on the edge of their seats expecting a wreck. And, and you know, it's a shame, but that's that's a fact. That's, you know, that's what happens. Yeah. I, I, you're exactly right on that. But uh, I asked a question about four years ago or three years ago. I, I don't know which. So very high up in NASCAR. What's wrong with four of us racing our hell for the lead at the end of a race? And the answer I got back was television won't stand that. It's because people don't have a, an attention span long enough, really, to sit down and, and watch a nice long race. And, you know, that's why they break it up now with stages and all this stuff. And there, There's too many things to do. That's right. It's, uh, and, and, racing, and racing, to my way of thinking, is not as interesting nowhere near as it used to be. You know, I used to and, be. And the, fan, and the fan following out there. Uh, you know, Bobby Allison had a, a damn ton of fans. David Pearson, Kale Yarbrough, Donnie, all of us had tons of fans. A bunch. And so if you take half of all of our fans and, and put them into watching the race on Sunday, you had a pretty good crowd. And I don't remember being all that upset if uh, Fireball Roberts won a race by two laps or Richard Petty won. You know, it was the competition was good and the personalities were there and the, and uh 
you, you know, well, it, you used to sit there and wonder, well, you know, that, that's pretty damn good. Here, the guy's going to win the race by two laps or one lap or whatever it might be. Or you got races like we had at Talladega. You know, I won in 71. It was a drag race, one lap. Yeah. You know, we all took off just when we got to the trial. I know I did. I was in the Wood Brothers car, and I won the race, and, and there ain't no drag racer ever shifted gears faster than I did. <laughs> Well, Donnie, I tell you, it, it's great having you on. Greg, did you want to say one more real quick thing? Yeah, I, I, I got to mention this. Uh, in 78, Bobby come to ride for us, and we brought in the Thunderbird. And uh, Donnie had a real good ride, but he, he wasn't running the full schedule. And so Bobby had some trouble with his stomach and some different things. So Donnie would come to the racetrack with us and practice the car if we needed to. But we went up there to Rockingham and had a... The car was real good. Matter of fact, thanks to Donnie filling in a couple of times for Bob, we run second in the points. But we got up there to Rockingham. Well, Donnie, you, you can tell it better than I can. I mean, you were getting on with the program. Yeah, well, hey, I drove his car a couple of times. I drove your dad's car a couple of times. Ran pretty good. Uh, uh, it's just your father had a good race car there was back in the day. It, uh, uh, and like you well know, he... Uh, Bud was, was a little bit hard like the old-timey guys, and some things he wanted to change, and some things he wouldn't. That's why him and Bobby had had their problems. You know, Bobby wanted to go to a Chevrolet, and his daddy said, I don't run Chevrolet, I run Fords. And, you know, my brother is probably just as hard-headed or more hard-headed than anybody in racing, and and, uh, and we all are. Uh, all the old guys are that way, but it was a great time, and uh, I hope we give people a little bit of knowledge of what's going on. We haven't blasted anybody too bad. Well, but Donnie, that's Greg, what... It's, it's good talking to you, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again sometime. Well, Donnie, we love having you on the show, and I, I don't know when we've had so much information, and, and I, the history and everything just comes out of you so easily, and uh, you've got so many stories. Thank you so much for coming on Start Your Engines. And got a lot of fans, too, including me. Me, too. All right, buddy. Thank you a lot. Thank you all very much. All right. That's Donnie Allison. I'm going to tell you one thing. There's nothing wrong with the Hall of Fame. In fact, Bud's in it, David Pearson, Cotton, everybody. But uh, Donnie Allison wouldn't hurt my feelings a bit to see him in the Hall of Fame with his brother Bobby. and uh, He ought to be in there. Well, we spoke a lot about Smokey Eunuch just now, and uh, as long as he's not in it, you know, there's going to be a flaw with the with the NASCAR Hall of Fame, but we're going to um, go straight now to uh, our next guest. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. And welcome back, Nelson. How are you this morning? Oh, doing pretty good. What the heck happened at qualifying yesterday? Somebody didn't calculate right and missed by about four seconds. But that was the biggest fiasco I've seen in a long time. Well, you know, we've talked about it every week, and I've been sort of beating around the bush a little bit about the fact that, it, that I think qualifying today sucks. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm being too strong about it, but I think yesterday was the straw that broke the camel's back. Well... It was, and, you know, going back to how we used to qualify, we qualified on Friday, and then you had the opposite re-qualify on Saturday. Uh, you know, the stands were full uh, for qualifying. Right. 
you know, now there's nobody there for qualifying because, you know, there's really nothing to watch. Uh, I think the few people Charlie that were Hill. there. I think the few people that were there yesterday were booing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, but you know, with the charter system, the thirty-six starters are, are guaranteed. So unless you've got, uh, uh, you know, uh, more than thirty-eight or forty cars, uh, you know, there's nothing to it. And you go out, how many tracks is qualifying have anything to do with the race? Uh, not that many, really. Well, uh, but it used to be, uh, and I guess they still want it to be, but it, uh, they they want qualifying, or it should be an event all on its own, kind of like it still is at Indy. Now, th- they changed theirs a little bit and tweaked it, but, but uh, you, you know, qualifying was one thing, and that was a big headline, and then and it was a big deal, and there used to be a lot of money for it, and then and then you had the race, and of course, the, the old, uh, Bud used to always say, nobody... After the race, nobody cares who won the qualifying, but it was a bigger deal back in the old days. Oh, no question about it. And, you know, you had, uh, occasionally, you had a big team that didn't qualify. Remember, in particular, Daryl Walsh driving the Gatorade car in Michigan. Didn't qualify, so they bought another car, and overnight, they uh, re-detailed it as a Gatorade car. and Joe, you know, a number of things like that happened. You had to get in the car to satisfy your sponsor. Well, I remember so, Richard Petty did that one time at Charlotte and got in DK Ulrich's car. That's right. You know, and uh, then for a while, you know, uh, they had you know basically the Richard Petty provisional. Uh, oh, uh, I guess for the past champions when he didn't make a race at Richmond, uh, but you know, people came; they wanted to see him, so you. You had to get them in the race one way or the other. Uh, nowadays, you know, other than maybe a handful of drivers, who cares about who's in the race? You don't know them anyway. Well, Nelson, do you have any any theories or any insight as to what they may do to make it better now? The qualifying? Uh, would you get your, uh, uh, you know, 10 minutes for to qualify and then your 10 minutes and your 5 minutes? You're going to be on the track. Uh, you're going to have to go out and make a lot. No sitting on pit road waiting. Well, Nelson, from what I seen yesterday, whenever the cars went out there, they went three wide down the bottom of the racetrack. Then you had your spotter sitting up there trying to tell that driver that they actually wanted to be the only car that made it back to the start and finish line before the countdown. They didn't want to help the other cars that were behind them, so they just tried to, but they tried, they timed it all wrong, and none of them made it. No, well, that's, that's the thing, you know, they were uh, dragging their feet, so to speak, uh, you know, so that the scenario you just talked about happened. Well, by dragging their feet, they timed it too close, and nobody made it. So, uh, you know, the three car, which was fastest in second round qualifying, he uh, automatically got the pole. Yep, and and in the in the second round qualifying, I seen Kyle Busch. I think he passed two cars under qualifying, trying to get you know, which that's fine. I mean it, it but they gonna eventually wad them cars up sometime. Right. Well, uh, you know, as Donnie was talking about, you know, TV dictate. Well, the one thing that the TV definitely does dictate, they want to show that it's in a time slot. And they have to qualify now where it puts in a one-hour time slot. Uh, but, you know, can't blame the whole thing on TV. But, uh, you know, 
TV is the reason that sports surviving right now because they pay billions of dollars a year, not millions, but billions, uh, in order to, uh, you know, air the cup races. I want to get something in right now before we run out of time because we are on a short schedule because of baseball today. But uh, I think there's only one other time in the history of this show has this happened. But Greg Moore won the pool last week. With, All uh, right. With uh, with Kyle Bush, and, uh, which seems to be a pretty safe bet these days. So it's <laughs> Nelson and uh, Greg are tied at one-to-one, one and the rest of us are, are chasing them. And Greg's over here flexing his muscle. Uh, he's only got one, and if most of it's covered up by a mustache. Well, like I say, I had to stick with him for several weeks. Well, real quick, pick pick for this week. You go first. I'm, California is a fun. I, I'm gonna go stick with who I, who I had last week. Okay, he's gonna stay on that horse, uh, Nelson. You can go next. Okay, I think I'll go with Harvard again, <clears throat> although. Uh, Keselowski would be a good second choice. Well, well, if he's so good, I'll take him. And uh, I haven't had him all year. And uh, Ronnie, what do you think? I think I'm going to go with the pole, Chase. I think uh, Austin, Austin Dillon's on the pole. Oh, Austin. Okay, Austin. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be his second career win if you win it. So uh, you're out on the limb this week. And what do you think? Well, Alan? I hadn't done any anything yet. <laughs> Well, I, I guess I'll go that 22 car. Okay, that's Logano. So, Nelson, um, we got a, as I said, Kyle Busch is a, if he doesn't win a race, it's probably because he was too fast on pit road or something. He's he's pretty much red hot right now. And uh, uh, the Xfinity race is um, later on today. I assume they must be uh, qualifying or something right now uh, or about right now. We no. Got, not even on the track yet because it's three hours behind us. Okay, well, uh, there you go. Cup practice is at uh, twelve thirty uh, California time or three thirty uh, our time for final practice. Uh, so, uh, you know, the two safe meeting is twelve fifteen California. So, you know, not a whole lot, if anything, happening yet. Well, I tell you what, that's what I got, like I said a little earlier in the show. If you Plop yourself down in front of a television here in a, an hour or so. You can watch tele, you can watch racing uh, till the wee hours of the morning with uh, with all the the WeatherTech IMSA twelve hours of Sebring that uh, Alan Hill's brother Mike is heavily involved in with cars starting fourth and fifth, the couple of Cadillacs, and um, with the Xfinity and with the Monster Energy. Uh, uh, Indy's off this week, but. You know, you've got the Grand Prix Formula One cars starting up with the Australian Grand Prix at 1 o'clock Sunday morning. So, uh, it's wall-to-wall racing. It's a great time of the year. No no question about it. And, uh, you know, thinking back, you know, some of the close finishes we had, but then some of the uh, very wide finishes. I think the widest one I remember was Nick Jarrett at Darlington, uh, one of our 13 laps. But it wasn't until the checkered flag fell that you knew who was going to win the race because the cars would drop out like flies. And he was having a lot of trouble that day. And uh, if he had a dropped out, that was a 65 Southern 500 that uh, actually Bud Moore pretty much should have won it with Derringer. But the rear end kept catching on fire because of uh, uh, what they didn't torque the bolts or something right. Wasn't that the way it went, Greg? And uh, Ford had just come out with a Ford one gear. Yeah. And... Uh, we we didn't have one. We ran a three ninety one or, or a three eighty. Uh, 
letting him had one, but wasn't broke in or nothing. I mean, there was no malice there or anything, but it was just kind of right, right. We we put that gear in, and uh, we were the t- we were we were getting on with the program. We had like about a three lap lead, I think, even on Ned, and the the bolt shook loose and the grease ran out of it, and it kept catching on fire. Kept I remember catching on fire, going but, down uh, the back stretch with those flames. Uh, you could see it up under the rear end, but you know, Ned was overheating real bad that day, and he was about to blow up at any time, and if he had. Buck Baker would have won the race for the second year in a row, although uh, in that in that Plymouth of his. But I um, uh, love talking about the old stuff with you, Nelson. And uh, Donnie Allison was great today. So you heard Donnie, and uh, I know you were around for those Arrow Wars and remember a lot of that, too. Oh, yeah, and Donnie and I had a radio show you know, for four or five years after the race. So, you know, uh, Donnie and I have a lot of history, as uh, I do with uh, Smokey and... Uh, you know, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, nobody uh, you know, ever has time to talk about. Well, hopefully. Well, that's what we'd like to bring this, bring these things oh, out uh, on, on this show, and, and especially with you, Nelson. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Greg's got Waddell Wilson scheduled as our guest next week, and I'm you probably did a TV show or something with him, or I'm sure you have a history. Sure. And uh, just one final thing, you're uh, talking about uh, your ethical flock. Right. Well, uh, Ethel was not a gasoline per se, but uh, it was a red additive that the Ethel Corporation had Richmond, Virginia, added to the gasoline to increase the octane. Of course, now, uh, in the days of no red gasoline, uh, the only place you can find red is in some uh, of the uh, smaller racing gasolines. Well, I know that uh, I've read it a lot of different places, and... And I always assumed it was the truth that she was named after it. <laughs> so I just... Well, I wouldn't doubt that. <laughs> Nelson... You go, to, you go in the gas station, and uh, you get regular, you get ethyl. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, it on the side of the pump back in the old days. Right. Well, she read the whole thing with the Ethel Corporation out of Richmond. Yeah, and we'd mentioned that earlier, Nelson. And believe it or not, my, my grandmother, which was Bud Moore's mother-in-law, and she, he couldn't have had a better mother-in-law. I mean, most people have problems with them and everything. She loved Bud Moore more than she did Betty. Mm-hmm. Her name was Ethel. <laughs> 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 There's something about Ethel. Well, the Ethel I think about was the one on I Love Lucy, but uh, Nelson, uh, great having you on, and we will look forward to uh, getting your input. You're going to go up and have some hot dogs next week? Uh, I wish. No, I, I still can't eat anything. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah. I thought maybe you could go for Greg's record with uh, with the tour going to Martinsville next week, but appreciate yeah, it. You, you, you never know, and that after you were talking about, that was Ethel Mertz. Ethel Mertz, that's correct. Yep, Fred, Ethel Mertz. Fred and Ethel. All right, Nelson, appreciate it. You're the best. Talk to you next week. You got it. That's Nelson Crozier, Ronnie, who is he? He's the smartest man I know. I know it. He's something Even else. about Ethel. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't want to get in a trivia contest with uh, with Nelson about anything. But, well, you know, we got about three minutes left. We crammed about all of it in here. And I usually try to do the the uh, the point standings and what's happening here or there. And it's just no way to try to cram it in. Just Check your local listings. Sit down in front of a television today, and um, I would toggle between. Uh, I know ESPN's got the grant, the Formula One race at one o'clock in the morning. So, uh, but otherwise, toggle back and forth between uh, 
MSNBC and FS1 and Fox, and you're bound to have some racing at CNBC. And um, a lot going on. It, it's it's a beautiful day, so try to get outside, too, a little bit. One thing real quickly, if, if you want to get outside and you don't have a race to go to, the Lady Rebel Invitational Softball Tournament is going on at the Tiger River Complex. They have 16 teams in it. Uh, Burns, Clover, Broom, Seneca, Blue Ridge, Lawrence, Sims Middle School, Chesney, Nations Ford, Dorman, Lugoff, Hillcrest, Union, Fort Mill, Bowling Springs, and Chapman are all playing softball today over at the Tiger River Complex. Well, I... I going to be a tough seat at a restaurant along 290. I think it will be. <laughs> and I tell you something else going on. Uh, as I was leaving my house going to pick up Greg this morning, they've got uh, I can't remember the coach's name, but it was Coach Smiley at Spartanburg High School. I think this is the first year that he hasn't been the coach at Spartan High. They're having the annual um, I don't know if they call it the relays or the tur- or the track meet, but right. there was people everywhere. I had to stop so the JL man track team was warming up so they could uh, <laughs> run, about 20 of them run across the street in front of me right there in front of the high school so uh, a lot of high school sports college baseball college softball auto racing and the local and, stuff yep we have ACC championship tonight a lot of basketball SEC too I guess I, don't uh, I, I guess so yep you can get your coat get your blanket go to Traveler's Rest Speedway tonight It'd be a good, cool night. Track will be fast. Cars will be fast. And there'll be a lot of excitement because we've only got, this is the first race. These boys are anxious. And when does Cherokee start? Cherokee will start uh, Sunday a week. We're March 24th. I'll have our car over there on Sunday. Well, we're actually going to go try to make a uh, practice on Saturday evening. Okay. And, uh, and next week you're going to bring us in some T-shirts. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I'm not expecting a handout. I'll, I'll, I'll buy one. I'll buy okay. one. We got, we got talking about pizza. I got to say one thing. We got 30 seconds, Greg. Oh, anyway, about the pizza. Me and Bert, we wanted one last night and ordered one from Pizza Hut. I didn't know they were the official pizza of the final four in March Madness. So, I mean, I don't know if you like Pizza Hut pizza or whatever, but they, they do sponsor the Final Four. Yep. Well, far, so, anyway, whatever that's worth. That's worth a pizza. That's <laughs> worth a pizza. Free spot. So, um, all right. Well, I tell you what. We appreciate you all listening in this morning. Stay tuned for Presbyterian College Baseball with Ryan Clary down in Clinton, South Carolina, doubleheader with Radford. You've been listening to Start Your Engines, and until next week, keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Wood's books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious.